0: Hey, aloha, and welcome to the Bridgetown Daily for Tuesday, March 9th. My name is Jaron Oda, and for today's daily, I want to talk about the necessity of story for human beings, and even talk a little bit about this ancient church practice called Visio Divina. But before I do um, any of that, if you have your Bible in front of you, would you please turn it to Ecclesiastes chapter three, Ecclesiastes chapter three. And I'm going to read from it. It says, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time, he has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So, to begin to make a bit of sense of this profound piece of scripture, we need to talk about the power and necessity of story at a base level. Stories nourish us. They provide a kind of food that the soul craves. There was this Hollywood screenwriting teacher named Robert McKee, um, who was also actually known for creating the famous story seminar while a professor, while being a professor at USC, he once said that stories are equipment for living. We go to the movies because we hope to find in someone else's story, something that will help us understand our own. We go on to live in a fictional reality that illuminates our daily reality. So at a base level stories shed light on our lives. And he goes on to say that the gift of movies and stories told is that they have a really strong tendency to rouse our longing, for the ancient things our insatiable curiosity to look back into ages past. Think about those lines of once upon a time or in a galaxy far, far away, where you're literally entering into a world, a universe, you're plant implanted in to an ongoing narrative. This is something that atheist Christian or otherwise we all connect on the gift and necessity of story. And I was actually able to point out to our middle schoolers this past Sunday that the longing and desire for story, for meaning and purpose within each one of us is actually an ancient one. And I got to tell them, and as I'm telling you today, you and I are not the first ones to desire and struggle even and long for meaning, for purpose, for a story based on what Ecclesiastes 3, based on what Genesis 1 says, our longings are ancient. I feel like Ecclesiastes 3 can help to shed light on on why some of us can literally lay down in our room for hours, just listening to a playlist of music, saying to ourselves, this song gets me more than any conversation I've ever had today or why we constantly flock to concerts or dance festivals, or travel to experience the novelty and awe that the world around us has on offer. God has placed eternity in the human heart. I also believe that verse 11 gives us a window into why that longing isn't curbed immediately after we give our lives to Jesus or after we attend that one Harry Styles concert or peer over the cliffs and feel the winds of the Grand Canyon with all this travel, with all of these spiritual like experiences at these concerts or spending all day at an art museum or even coming to church every Sunday. Why isn't that longing fully satisfied? As JM quoted this past Sunday from Carl Rayner, in the event of the insufficiency of everything attainable. We come to understand that here in this life, all symphonies remain unfinished. God has placed eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So in verse 11, we both get a statement about this desire, this longing for all of us, this story that we all long to be a part of. And yet at the same time, the mystery of how it all plays out, the mystery of why our longings feel insatiable. So in this context, theologians call this longing an inability to fully satisfy our longings eschatology. And the basic definition of eschatology is the part of theology concerned with death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul and of humankind. Pretty heavy, but I'll show you where I'm going with this. For those of us here at Bridgetown, we believe that a healthy eschatology looks forward to, and even longs for Jesus's second coming when he comes back to make all things new. I mean, in the middle of this brokenness, in the middle of my life, as I'm in the process of grieving currently, longing is something that is real and true for every true Christian. This could explain why salvation doesn't cure our sense of longing, but actually drives it into a Christ-like direction. Longing is theological. So let's very quickly talk about visio Divina. Um, At its most basic definition, visio divina can be translated as sacred seeing or divine seeing. This is an ancient church practice generally engaged with like a piece of art or photography where the person opens up their imagination and visual contemplation before God upon looking or reflecting on that piece of art or image. And for our purposes, I hope I get to do this, but for our purposes, I've tailored this practice of Visio Divina by including cinema and movies since one, we're in 2021, and two, we're still in a pandemic that has most of us clinging to our Netflix and Disney Plus accounts. So let's just try to use cinema to our advantage for once in our faith journey. John Eldridge from his incredible book called Epic provides us with a potential practice to stir our longings for God's story, for the scriptures. If any of you feel dry in reading the scriptures, he believes that we have this practice that can stir our longing for the story of God through movies, through cinema. And he says this, how do we get a better felt sense of God and his great story? Sometimes counterintuitively, we have to start with the movies we love And he says this, this is really important. The films you love are telling you something very important, something essential about your heart. And I would argue your longings, what you desire for fulfillment, the mystery of that internal angst, even after you've experienced. So my call today is to take an honest look at the films you love maybe even watch one this week and ask the question what are these movies or what is this movie that i love telling me about my, what my heart deeply desires and so to end this is, i'm just going to read this excerpt from the book telling the truth by frederick buchner in which he describes the bible as story which i believe is still the greatest story ever told and he says this on the scripture's story it is a world of magic and mystery of deep darkness and flickering starlight. It is a world where terrible things happen and wonderful things too. It is a world where goodness is pitted against evil, love against hate, order against chaos in a great struggle where often it is hard to be sure who belongs to which side because appearances are endlessly deceptive. Yet for all, it's confusion and wildness. It is a world where the battle goes ultimately to the good who live happily ever after. And where in the long run, everybody good and evil alike becomes known by their true name. That is the fairy tale of the gospel with, of course, one crucial difference from all other fairy tales, which is that the claim made for it is that it is true that it not only happened once upon a time, but has kept on happening ever since and is happening still.